Indian Warriors. Pitsville Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Some brands choose to buy recognition. NGK would rather work for a living. Time after time, track after track, season after season, the engines that continually propel NHRA teams to victory often rely on NGK spark plugs. From factory stock cars to the top fuel class, we put our name on the line. And when we finish first, which happens a lot, we go back to work. Why? Because sometimes recognition can come with a price, but actions always speak louder than words. We earn it. We own it. That's what matters to us. NGK Spark Plugs, since 1936. What's up, West Coast? Cam. Dude, that's not even funny because I literally was on my deathbed. Okay. Thanks a lot to the COVID Pfizer, whatever you want to freaking call it, vaccine. I might as well have just had COVID. I thought I was going to die. I'm slowly climbing my way back to this side of the dirt. All right. In this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars is brought to you by the Pfizer company and their COVID (laughs) vaccination for Cameron Foray that has kept him out of work for the next the last four days, which I guess his stimulus money will help pay for that in his sick days off. But thank you for tuning in. We apologize because we're back because last week. Again, I know it's like three years in on this deal, but we have our moments of technical difficult di- diff, diff, di- quit joking around because people <laughs> think you're serious dude <laughs> we dude man we struggled rough last week apologize folks we had a great guest uh we had him before anybody else had him josh hart mr first timer for nhra top fuel win at the camping world gator nationals and we, um, or we, me, uh, maybe Cam, I, somebody, anyway, somebody forgot to send the right file uh, for the podcast. And yeah. Wait, who is the one that sends the files over? I think it was you. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. I'm, I thought it was you. I remember now. Oh, are hey, we doing politics? Way, are we doing that? Way, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just over here trying to. Curse myself back to health, watching the spring fling, wishing I was there, but I don't have a car yet. But I do have a new motor. Thank you, yes. Gog and Dicky. Race parts. Yeah. Yeah. Super go excited. ahead. Throw, it was delivered your... today. I'm going to go pick it up over at McLeod tomorrow. Set yeah. it right here in the garage and stare at it for however long until uh, next to the mountain of parts that I have from Holly and all of their family of brands and uh, just wait to bolt her together. Well, I I mean, I get that. It's kind of cool, right? I mean, in a way, I'm with you. You said pile, and and you're looking at your engine, and I'm sitting here, you know, 25 feet away in front of me is my Haas Camaro that came back today. 
I'm looking at I'm looking at my Oakley engine. I'm looking at transmission, and I'm looking at thousands among thousands of pieces all over the floor. And yeah, mind you, at least I'm supposed to be box. racing. Yeah, no, nah, mine's not in a box. I'm supposed to be racing in like, let's see, this is going to drop Saturday. Dude, I'm supposed to be on a racetrack the 16th of April. Did all I, kinds of time. Guy like you that's retired that does nothing with his life, you got all kinds of time. Man, that you know, if you guys, I, could, if you guys can see the look on Todd's face, I mean, I am here to tell you right now, this old retired thing is working out really well for me. It Everybody really says is. That the more you like, when you retire, you end up working harder than you ever did being retired. Everybody says dude, that, dude. I'm just telling you that they, yeah, I'm working, and and oh yeah, by the way, dude. I have a trailer yet to pick up that still has to Dude, be put together. What do you together. mean? I thought you just got it. No, I went to go see it and drop off components to be mounted in the trailer. Yeah, no, I'm still I'm still about a week, ten days away from getting it. So, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of stress. I mean, they say that you put on weight or lose weight when you're stressed. I am definitely a put a weight put the weight on guy. Is that why I'm not listening to your racers and rental car sweatshirt. You went to the two X now or what? It most certainly is. This is a double X large that you can get on the website at racers and rental cars.com. I That's hope that I you that. will stop by, stop by, grab a hoodie, grab a new t-shirt, get yourself ready for racers and rental cars at the racetrack, dirt track, circle track, motocross, drag racing, go-karts, junior dragsters, side-by-sides. We don't care. Get them dirty. Show them off, but grab yourself a racers and rental cars apparel at the website. But yes, I am in the when I stress, I put on weight category. I actually had somebody tell me today in a text message that if I lost 20 pounds, I'd pick up 100 horsepower. They will remain nameless, JB Strasswig. Uh, and I am uh, not happy with the feedback that I'm getting in regards to my body shape and composition. Well, it's all those Michelob Ultras he's feeding you. Uh, we're we're oh, on organic. No, we are on organic Coors Pure Light Beer. We're we're off the we're off the Mick Ultras. We're on to the organic all day long beer. Interesting. And I think I'd throw my own self out a window if I had a white claw in my hand. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hey, you had plenty of those on your little vacation in Florida. I saw them. Don't lie. Well, whatever. S- Sergeant, what happened? I don't know. But when we showed up, he was flat on the asphalt with a white claw in his hand. It looks like he <laughs> committed suicide. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, oh. What else is going on, Don, since we're just spitballing, talking-ish? Well, hold on. Recording uh, at this time. Actually, hold you know, on, hold on. You push the record button. Yeah, exactly. Let's hold on. Let's bring our let's bring our audience up to speed. So, folks, what we're going to do tonight, you are going to listen to us as we're going to talk about a few topics, and then we're going to cut out, and you're going to get to hear the interview that we actually did with Josh Hart last week that you didn't get to hear, and we will close out, and we will see you next week as you roll into Easter egg coloring, egg hunting, and finding, and all of the things that you want to do with the Easter Bunny that 
you want to make your kids smile, all that nonsense uh, <laughs> that you're going to do for the Easter weekend, you guys will take care of that, and uh, and we're going to move forward. But before we do that, can we talk about Noah Gregson? Like, we literally didn't go 30 days from the last time that we talked about Noah Gregson, and now we're talking about Noah Gregson. Did you see Noah last he- week? No, I didn't. What did he do now? But, on, okay, hold on. Noah did not necessarily do anything that warranted <laughs> Noah, Noah being in a conversation. However, and I promise you that I feel very strongly about this one, Daniel Hemrick came up and interrupted his interview on TV at the end of the race and grabbed Daniel or grabbed Noah Gregson by the throat. Oh, and, I did see that. Yeah. I didn't know. So I, I yeah. Okay. I saw it on somewhere and I was like, ooh, been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So my whole thing this is is one, if you come up and interrupt when I'm having my interview, that you might as well have just like kicked my dog, because we're gonna fight at that point. Game on. You interrupted my interview, man. It's my time to shine here. I'm trying to get my TV time. Get my impressions up, my my media, the Nelson ratings. I'm trying to get all this stuff. Joyce Julius, I'm keeping all these people in business. Stop screwing up my interview time. So for Noah, totally, dude. We're going to fisticuffs over this. Absolutely. But Daniel Hemrick, I, I don't know. I got I heard that Noah Gregson is taking jitsu, jujitsu classes, and I'm waiting to see Noah, Noah and Daniel Hemrick and Harrison Burton, who also does not singing Christmas cards to Noah Gregson. Uh, I'm waiting to see like a, a triple threat match between the three of them right there on pit road here in Did the near future fine for that. No, no fines, baby. No really? fines. Nice. Yes. He'll be on a highlight reel this week for Bristol's dirt race. Believe that. If you don't think, th- if you don't think there's going to be some fighting this weekend, whew. I'll tell you one thing. There's going to be a lot of cool motorsports action going on this weekend. And it's also going to be on flow sports. So if you guys don't have that app, you guys better check it out and download it because they not only do all kinds of cool stuff with dirt track and all that other jazz, but they are actually live streaming the funny car chaos 64 plus funny cars. So that's badass, And you better believe I will be glued to the TV watching that or glued to my phone while I'm working at the chopper doing something over the weekend. Oh, so yes. Yes. Hey, hey, and for our listeners out there, Warren Evans, NHRA Drag Racer TV extraordinaire, now just Drag Racer TV, is actually the one that's handling the funny car chaos for Flow Sports this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah, he will be manning all the live stream. So your issues should be minimal. And the coverage should be awesome, dude. I heard there were 72 funny cars on the property. 72. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. I'm very, very jealous that I'm not there. Dude, I didn't think there were 72 funny cars in the country. I know, right? They're just literally coming out of the woodwork. And you know what's kind of cool about it is, like, I've seen, like, John Hale's driving, I forget whose car, but it's, like, some, like, weird mustang looking thing like it's like there's no rules so it's i mean yes there's safety rules and whatnot but uh it's just like kind of a run what you brung thing and i think that's pretty cool i almost wilkerson that a big show funny car doesn't win just because of the fact that 
I mean, everybody expects them to win. You know, I know, I think Wilkerson, Haddock, uh, Worsham's got two cars going. Um, is that Alan Milfeldorf or Middledorf? Yep. Yep. That is that a bit, that just might just have a big show body on it. Yeah, I don't know if that's yeah. a true big show car. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be some fast stuff there. So, um, I think I'm going to go to the next one, which is in Amarillo, um, to help out my father-in-law, uh, wow. doing some crew stuff. But, uh, so hopefully this one is a huge success and a lot of people come to that one too. Cause I just want to be involved in, I mean, I'll just be a spectator slash crew guy, but, um, yeah, maybe I'll bring my helmet. Maybe somebody want me to drive. I still have a funny car license for anybody that's listening. Cough, cough. Hey, I did. I did see on Fiverr that they were looking for somebody to drive the clown car in the next Shriners. Can you can you handle that in the funny car? No. Yeah, no? I can. I can do that. According to my seventeen NHRA cards that I got in the mail, I'm licensed for a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Track rotator, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to maybe like kind of clump them to where it's like. It almost makes sense, so that way they don't have a top dragster license on a on a separate one, where top dragster and super comp should and maybe ET should maybe be on one, not ET top fuel, and then on another one, nostalgia funny car, um, and like super gas or something like they like I uh, just it drives me nuts because then you got two if you got two gear bags at least your your gear is kind of the same, but hey. You know, it's work in progress. At least they're like actual cards now. Like I'm into that, so they don't like just go away on while well, they're in my wallet. It's <laughs> just like, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other topic. A whole other topic. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about a few other things. How about how about the quadras not being a complete and utter fluke? At the Gator Nationals. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. I think we were talking about that too, weren't we? About how we were worried that they were going to do that or whatever the deal may be. So that's good for them for coming out and saying, hey, we here. And Dallas Glenn, he got his big time show start with Heck a yeah, one thou red light. With a one thou red light. <laughs> that part totally sucks, but that's super cool for him. I know he's been working on that for a long time and, you know, him and his lovely wife are uh, super cool people. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to see uh, Chalk one up for the little guy. So that's awesome. Well, let's talk about the little guys. Nice segue. How about Dave Conley, Jason Lyon, and Bo Butner putting on a spectacular stock super stock event at South Georgia Motorsports Park last week? Dude, that was sweet. My buddy Aaron Allison won one of the days too, which was really cool. Yes. So. So, that, and I, I heard it was quite a success out there, which is really cool. So congrats to them as well. So many people posting online all these positive things about how they enjoyed the event and everybody was well-mannered and they respectful all the way across the board. And that, I mean, just from start to finish. And I thought that was just awesome to see that. And uh, especially for them to have the car count that they had going on for stock and super stock. That's just, I, I, it was just awesome. Uh, How many cars kudos. were there, do you know? I don't know. I think there was over 100 in each class. 
Wow, that's awesome. I tell you, people want to race now. Everybody's jonesing, man. Everybody wants to go racing, and and I don't blame them. I'm, I'm right there with them. It's uh, as I'm sitting here watching the fling on my TV, like I'm just, I'm I'm ready to go. And even Angie, she's like, we need to go racing. Let let's do it. Let's go. I'm like, well, we could maybe put the engine in one of the go karts and see if we can race that or something until uh, everything's done. But yeah. No, it's, I'm really happy to see people supporting these smaller races, or which have turned into really big races. So, I mean, what was the fling total yesterday? 429 entries, I heard. Yes. Not too bad. Not too on a bad. Wednesday. Yeah. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. I did hear there was a little drama with that, though. Oh, do tell. I heard through the grapevine that there was a lot of people that were very upset at the fact that... You know, a lot of people can't take off a whole week to race the fling, but they want to. And they did not give any new entries a time run anymore. So if you want a time run, you have to be there on Tuesday. If not, yes, you can race on a win- on Wednesday. You can show up whenever, but you don't get a Buy time back. run. Yeah, but so then yeah. your $700 entry fee just went to $800. Because that's what that's the. I, I talked to somebody about this, and I said the exact same thing. And I was like, I was joking. I was like, oh, so it sounds like they just want your hundred bucks or one hundred eighty-five dollars, I believe the the Bye-bye. buyback is. So you mean to tell me like you're gonna go up there? Because a lot of people they just want to see if their car runs right on the first run. They don't. A lot of people hold or they do whatever. So. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence on that. Oh. Which, okay, I, so I, I have two opinions. But well, I, I, get, I just, no, I, I just I give you one. No, I don't. Hold on, I don't. Look, especially when you're talking about okay, so you're talking about Vegas, right? The, unless you're a West Coaster within like six hours, right? Oh well, let's not do that. 10 hours. I give you 10 hours because you guys got to drive to like to get to the Piggly Wiggly. I know you got to drive a ways. But you're talking about a 10-hour drive. And you, unless you're out there in that 10-hour radius, I and I don't know what that number is of how many people want to show up on a Thursday or a Friday in that 10-hour radius, based on the fact of the number of events, big money events that happen, and the timeline based on that location, I strongly would argue that you could have taken the time off somewhere else to get there to plan for it. And I just, I mean, I'm just going out on a limb. I don't see, it's not like a guy's driving from Virginia and can't get there till Friday, right? Uh, okay, he's not coming to begin with if he can't be there on Tuesday anyway. Because that's a long haul. So I would, well, I was, would love. I to- think it was mostly because of the West Coast. Like obviously, the person I was talking to was a West Coast person. They oh, had, like, inside uh, ten hours. Inside ten hours. Yeah, it's still a six hour okay. drive for them. So okay, they have to work. Like they don't own their own business. They have a real job, and they can't. They literally picked the fling. Instead of racing the national event because they really they wanted to race the fling and it they like they prefer bracket racing better than okay what I was like oh that's cool you know 
and then but they're like oh and then i hear i don't even get a time run but this person also agreed with why they're doing it because i guess last year all these people they said oh i'm they're just sitting in the pits drinking beer because they didn't want to get a time hit on tuesday they wanted to get it on wednesday when the actual race was which i think that's bs like for those racers that did that they're playing the elements i mean yeah whatever but it just ruined it for the, the the working man. You know, not everybody's, you know, but if you also wanted to be fair, I guess the fairs in Pomona once a year or used to be once a year, not anymore, but yeah, um, yeah. they, yeah. they serve so up waffle cones at the fair. Yeah. Like there's two sides to it. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, obviously bracket racing for the majority of the time is a working man's thing. And so, I mean, some people got to work, but if you want to race that bad, I guess go into it with no time run. Well, I mean, can I be? Can I offer up oper- uh, solutions for you? Carry yeah, your stuff. I'm, I'm not carrier. Carry carry your stuff down there and drop it off, and let somebody make a time run in your car while you're working. I mean, it's yeah. simple math. Drive out there, turn around, drive home, another six hours, and that yeah. I hear I mean, how bad do you want it? Ah, there we go. That's how bad do you want it? Yep. I so let, it. Let, let's talk about how bad do you want it? Do you want it so bad that we're going to jump on social media and stomp our foot and peck on the keyboard to make sure that everybody knows how displeased you are with the racing association because of a they- bad, te- <laughs> bad tech call? I just want to know. And you blaming the person in the other lane? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you would want it that bad. I mean, I don't know. That was that was pretty comical. I was laughing. I, I did read the feed, and yeah. But hey, what? Don't don't hate Let's... the driver in the other lane. Okay, I so guess. I had a I had a text message conversation about this, right? And so here's here's the thing. All right, one. I don't think there's anybody in top sports runner type dragster that legitimately would ever roll up to the starting line and intentionally deep stage. Nobody ever does that. Right. We're just not, we're like professionals. That was at this. the whole deal. Like the, he just right. Right. said, Hey, I won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's and illegal. So, cause, Cause it's illegal it's, in NHRA. Right. In this, no, it's not. No, yeah, it, it's not in the rule book. Yeah. You can oh, deep right. stage, yeah, yeah. screenshot, but but nobody does it right. Everybody naturally assumes that you can't deep stage. And even when I got the rule book, I was like, What? No, you can't deep stage in top sports from top direction. Well, silly me, yes, you can. Um, so the, the, the next hey, thing is deep since 19. It's been going deep since 19. <laughs> it will get you a slap in the face and on national TV. But nonetheless, so... And ESPN. And ESPN. Dun-dun-dun, dun But the thing is, is that all this outlash, right? All this just nonstop on social media, just peck, 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 peck. Look, be professional. All right. If you cannot be professional and carry on a professional conversation without turning to social media and giving an association a due diligence to to right their wrong, 
before you decide to get a megaphone and stand on the corner of Fifth Avenue in Times Square and start. Uh, I mean, it's just come on. Right. Just stop it. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think and, and my other thing is, OK, this whole ordeal is no different than you trying to argue with somebody and we'll take drag racing. You're trying to get a rerun. And the race director grants you a rerun. One guy's going to be upset and one guy's one guy's going to be happy or one gal's going to be happy. Right. And how did that happen? Because there was an argument made. Right. If you go, if you go, be prepared to argue, argue to the best possible chance and ability that you have. And if you didn't, if you didn't get the jury of your peers to vote your way, then like happens in all court cases, appeal, but don't appeal on social media. And that's, that's really where, I I mean, again, I just think it's funny when everybody does that, they go toot their horns on social media and then next week they're going to be at the same race doing the same things and then want to know why everybody just looks at them funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on the, I'm going to get on social media and, and grandstand. I'm out. At that point, I'm out. You, be professional, right? I agree. So, I mean, kudos. Kudos this week to the Racing Association coming back and granting and making an apology and them going out on social media and doing it. Kudos to them, right? Accepting ownership, responsibility, corrective action, yada, 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 right? That's the professional side. The, the non-professional side is getting on social media and grandstanding. So I'm out on that, which there'll be some grandstanding going on this weekend at Bristol. And if you, I'm sorry, if you, if you're, if you're just working this weekend in the shop, in the house, grilling steaks, I don't know what you're doing, washing your vehicle and you're not watching flow sports or, or Bristol dirt, man, I don't know what to tell you. It's going to be or listening just, to the racers and rental cars podcast. That's the only reason yeah. why you shouldn't be watching any of that. But I mean, even still, yeah. don't even I do mean, that. I guess eh. drink your coffee, drink your coffee while you're listening to us. start your day off out of a racers and rental cars mug. At least yeah, that would be nice. Might, might, might help out on our, uh, on our expense sheet. If we had a little bit of revenue. Hey man, if you None. want the wedding chapel package, we got that. We got the cups, we got the mugs, we got the t-shirts, we got the hats. <laughs> did you die? But did you did, die? <laughs> did you die? Oh man, let's see. I covered that. Oh hey, we didn't get to talk about Kyle Arson last week picking up a win in NASCAR. The week before, right? Blaney did it this past week, but he passed Kyle Larson in the last 25 laps this week. Yeah. Uh, didn't even talk about Supercross either. Look at you trying to run out of here. Oh, uh, yeah. What, Your boy, yeah. Mr. Carolina boy, trying to trying to just run away with got, it. Got a PhD He's in psychology, like, right? He does, and that's what <laughs> I wanted to talk about, man. He is he is notorious for being the guy that, like, even in practice, I think I talked about this before, like practice and qualifying like he's a guy that like just like talks shit on the starting gate like when people are next to him and he gets in everybody's head and hey man he plays elements he's out there to win he's out there to make the millions of dollars and he's showing it right now he's uh he's getting in Roxon's head a little bit Roxon's head as Don would Roxon. call it Roxon. 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 
maybe Roxon should go talk to Mr. Miyagi for a little bit, and you know, because I'm a Roxon fan. I'm, I mean, Cooper Webb, he's okay, but if I had to pick, I would, I'm on the Roxon side. But I just hope it goes down to the wire at least. And now, as they're off for two weeks right now, so it'll be interesting to see if Roxon like regroups and comes back. Tomac's already out of it. He's, I don't know what the deal is there. Skin, he's out too. Everybody's dropping like flies, but it'll be interesting if to see if Rocks can rebound at all. So we'll see. Where do they go to when they come out of the break? Where do they pick back up at? Uh, Atlanta. Ooh, mm-hmm. the dirty, dirty, the dirty, dirty South. Thinking of, speaking of dirty, dirty South, did you, did you catch up on the on the nuptial column for the World of Motorsports last week? No. Yeah, man. Tony Stewart and Leah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations to them. Good for them. So, do we have do we have the second? Like, if we're looking, dude, stop stepping on the cat. No, I'm sorry. It's my garage door. Angie needs the car seat because she's got to go to my sister's house real quick. The kids hey, don't need no car seat. Put happens, them in a back seat and strap the kid in there. That's what happens when your studio is in your garage, man. It also doubles as a storage facility. And that cue my son crying. Well, just strap the kid in the back seat. We all made it without being in a car seat. What the hell? Especially because it's literally across the street. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. Losing no, it. losing it. I can hear you. Making making a uh, make, making an appearance on Racer Rental Cars podcast. Jet, that is not going to help you out in your personal endorsement deals. Nonetheless, <laughs> no. I was thinking about this the other day as I pondered while I was driving. We had Courtney Force and Graham Rahal as like the first real motorsports power couple, right? I mean, like in, in our let's say in our period. Like, I mean, I mean, I honestly couldn't think of anybody else. That probably would have been a better question for Loans. I should have texted Brian Loans and asked him who would have been another motorsports power couple. I mean, yeah, Graham That's Rahal and Courtney. Courtney yeah, Force, Courtney, right? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, that's the only one that really rings a bell. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, well, they're divorced, but Tommy Johnson and Melanie Troxel. They were. They were a. They were a power couple. They but, were. I mean, they were two drag racers, which a lot of people right. don't care about drag racing. So right, but but I, but but I was were looking, married, and they were both nitro drivers, so that was pretty. Not, cool. Yep, yep. She was a badass too in a car. Yep. Um. But I think the deal with Leah and Tony, I think that kind of takes that kind of takes the motorsports power couple up a notch. I, I mean, no offense to Graham and Courtney, but I think Tony and Leah just they just okay, just hand the crowns over because we are now the king and the queen. That's right. Well, I'm just gonna put a PSA out that uh, for all these NASCAR drivers that are gonna be coming over into the drag racing world to try to you know find themselves a hot little drag racer girl um my wife and don's wife are already married so they're off limits so don't even try it walk away 
walk away. And walk Don't even look away. at her. Don't even look at her. <laughs> Who would we have if we had? We got it. We got to move forward. We got to move on into the interview here. But if we had to, real quick, do I mean we talked about this before when they wanted to do the whole double O shit show deal with all the females and objectifying all the the track snacks or whatever they kept calling them or whatever. Who who do we have that's eligible to to marry a relationship up up outside drag racing? Who do we have? We have Brittany, right? Krista though, Krista's got a a steady guy. Yeah. Um Jelena Toss. Jelena Toss. Yeah, she's an A fuel, but I, okay. I think she's I think she's single. Um, got Erica. Erica. Who else? I think that's it. Alexis. Alexis, yep. She's now single. Angel uh, Sampay's not. Angie Smith's not. not. I don't think there's any of the females motorcycle riders. I think they're all. Salinas. Oh yeah! Oh, you actually... Hey, there's actually three of them, right? Three mm-hmm. sisters, right? So all three yeah. of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, because both of the Meyer sisters are taken. And if you're going to drop down to A fuel, Jackie Frick's taken. She's in A fuel. We don't have any A. We don't have any. A, we don't have any top alcohol funny car female drivers anymore. No, not currently. That I know. Yeah. Of. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, I guess there's some options out there, but then again, I don't really know a lot of the NASCAR guys that'd be interested that are like even legitimate to come over into the drag racing world. I'd be kind of, kind of <laughs> stunned, you know. I mean, I mean, I I don't know. Not that we're trying to make matchmaking on racingrentalcars.com. It just it really hey man, legit- we do it all here. Okay. I mean, I just thought about it. I was like. Man, can you think about what the the marketing agency, you know, or PR firm is sitting back and going, now we have Tony Stewart and Leah Pruitt. You not only have Ford, but you also have Mopar. Yeah, I mean, like, you have them both. Pick something that you can't sell to both of those demographic groups, those segments. Yep. You know what I mean? Just that just kind of dawned on me. I was like, man, that's that's huge, huge baby. Get you know, not like my bracket that got shredded like last week, but whatever. You know, I can do the whole Dick Vital. It's huge, baby. It's huge. <laughs> uh, so, all right, Cam, folks, we're gonna let you dive off into listening to our interview last week with Josh Hart and Mister First Timer NHRA Top Fuel Gator Nationals Camping World Drag Racing Series Champion. Uh, he used to be Mr. Two-Timer for winning back-to-back at the U.S. Nationals, which uh, had been unheard of in alcohol, and he did it in A-Fuel, and now he won his first NHRA he Top Fuel. He just, like, totally upped both of us because we are, I guess, if you consider me and you, we're two-time runner-ups at Indy. <laughs> yes, we are. We're two-timers. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Two-time runner-uppers. For sure. Well, folks, we're going to let you listen in on a Josh Hart, and we appreciate you 
tuning in and sticking around, whether you're tuning in on Megaphone, Speed Sport Network, Stitcher, Google, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Megaphone, and anywhere else that might be broadcasting a podcast that we're not aware of. We greatly appreciate you doing it. Uh, keep the hate mail at hate mail and racers and rental cars.com coming. Thank you to NGK for being a huge part of our podcast along with the Speed Sport and Voice America networks. Cam, dude, I will see you next week. And I hope that we have a lot of fights to talk about in the PR world from the dirt in Bristol. There you go. Works for me. Sounds good. You guys enjoy Josh's interview. He's a cool cat. So somebody is still riding on cloud nine after their weekend at the kickoff NHRA Gator Nationals. Cam, I know you and I were both kind of going back and forth texting about what was going on in Gainesville because, of course, neither one of us was there doing that. I know. Play the soundbite. But nonetheless, let's get in our special guest tonight. First timer, holding the Wally NHRA top fuel champ, Mr. Josh Hart. Josh, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. What's going on, champ? Oh, you know, just uh, got home from work. Normal day. It's normal day other than the fact that, uh, you know, he has a carpool dummy in his passenger seat, I would imagine, or at least I would if I just won my first top fuel race. Tell me you're carrying that sucker around like it's the like it's the Lombardi trophy. Uh, I did strap him in with his seatbelt on the way home from the track. Yes. Had <laughs> a boy. Had a boy. Very yeah. nice. I mean, you put your name in the record book. Did anybody did anybody clue you into that during post race? Um, you know, Daryl Gwynn called me, and he was the first one to tell me what we had just accomplished. And uh, my crew chief, Ron Douglas, he said we, we sell-seated everybody. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. So, obviously, Google's my friend. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's all. I mean, the, the only the only bummer to the whole thing for you is now you've, like, set the bar way too effing high for yourself. So, now you just going to go win them all? Or, you know, should I just not show up for the rest of the year? Or what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I uh, I believe in karma, and uh, we kind of took the long way around into getting this program off the ground. So um, I'm I'm glad it worked out that way. But no, my my expectations are manageable. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So for the few people that listen to the show, just kidding. Um, tell us just a little bit about your story. I mean, Don and I, you know, know quite a bit about your story just because we are drag racers and stuff, but we have a lot of non-drag racers that listen to the show as well. Give us a little, because you kind of came onto the scene and just kicked everybody's ass and alcohol dragster and then and then now on Top Fuel. So um, give us a little bit of your background before that, why you got into racing, what the deal was about your hot rod shop. You know, tell us about Mr. Josh Hart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... As far as the shop goes, uh, my wife and I founded uh, Bernie's Speed Shop in 2010. Um, I was sitting by the fireplace, and the only thing I'd ever been good at my whole life was like drums and cars. I figured the ship had sailed on the drums, so let's do something with cars, you know? 
Um, and then uh, the movie uh, Weekend at Bernie's came on. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Bernie, yeah, everybody will know that. So we named the, the shop Bernie's Speed Shop. That's so um, cool. <laughs> and, I like, like that. We had like $300 to our name and uh, we printed up some uh, flyers and we went door to door doing, uh, you know, high end classic car, iconic car detailing. And uh, then we we ended up buying a, a small shop, you know, two bays. She took over the detailing end and I started doing superchargers and it took took flight immediately. It was like, you know, now we got an office and we've got a service department and then we have a 25,000 square foot building. Um, now we're 10 years into it and we have a hundred thousand square feet under roof and a full city block of anything you can imagine in automotive. We do custom interiors, uh, candy paints. Um, I mean, anything you can think of. If you want, uh, a elephant engine and a 71 Cuda, we can build it. So basically in a nutshell, anything that Josh Hart touches, ladies and gentlemen, just turns to gold. So um, now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> I no, mean, that's rad. That's I, rad, man. I'm I like, like are you kidding me? I mean, we went, we went from $300 to a city block. Yeah. Right, that's, that's some pretty good motivational, uh, education right there. We're going to have to bring you around, let you, let you motivate some entrepreneurs into, uh, making money. Cause that's a pretty good story. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have wealthy parents, uh, we, we literally built it from nothing. So um, I met some really, really great people along the way. And uh, they said, hey, you know, you're, you're pretty sharp. Let me show you how to do this. You know, that type of thing. So some great mentors and, and a lot of luck, you know. But hard work, hard work is uh, is definitely there. I, right after Sunday, I mean, I was at work at 7 o'clock on Monday. So. That a boy. That's awesome. No, and that and that's really cool to hear that that just goes to show you that a lot of people don't realize they think, you know, being a top fuel driver and, you know, you can relate to this, that we do have lives outside of the racetrack. And, yeah, we still got to make money. You got to pay for all this stuff somehow. You got to pay your mortgage. You got to the train keeps rolling on Monday morning, you know, and a lot of people, you know, yeah, there's a couple people out there that are fortunate enough to get paid to drive. And that's what they do for a living. But this day and age, that really doesn't happen anymore. And, you know, it's really cool to hear you know, you being, you know, you're what, you're in your thirties. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, young 30 something entrepreneur living the dream and, and doing rad things on the weekend and rad things during the week. So that's super cool and very inspiring to, to a guy like myself and a lot of our listeners. So that's, that's really, really cool. So how did you transition from, from Bernie speed shop into, have you always been a drag racing fan or you're just like, Hey, I think a feels badass. I'm just going to go get one and start <laughs> winning or. No, no, it wasn't like that at all. I got into a whole lot of trouble driving on the street. So, mm. um, yeah. And I, I met a gentleman named Ramo de Genova. Um, and I had a, a Ford lightning pickup and he's like, you know what? you're one of the best drivers I've ever seen, but why don't you try to do it on the drag strip? So we went up to Gainesville raceway and I went like 1390s and I was like doing burnout the entire time. He's like, okay, listen, the idea to this game is you have to get traction, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but we, ended up, we ended up getting that truck into like the high tens. And then we, uh, we realized that it's hard to push a brick through the air and we, uh, 
we built a 2003 Cobra Mustang and I started doing some bracket racing and we started winning. I was like, okay, well, my reaction time's not so bad. And then it just kind of went from there. Super gas, super comp, top dragster. Oh, I didn't realize you raced super gas and super comp. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Every every car I've ever had had the Bernie's uh, livery on it. And we could never get that wrap into winter circle. Um, Even in the fuel days, uh, you know, I I had the Bernie's wrap on there for a full season and we could not win. But it, it was just like it was cursed. You know, but every other wrap that I've ever had, I was able to put into the winter winter circle. So um, when we started a fuel racing, that's when I realized I needed sponsors. And uh, we were fortunate enough to have a great relationship with Advanced Auto Parts through Bernie's. Um, and they were willing to take a chance on me. So uh, for the last seven years, uh, our partnerships got advanced. Uh, started a program called TechNet, which is their warranty program, and now we're the we're the flagship for TechNet. So that's how that's how it happened. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And then you you went from a fuel, and then you you started. Uh, we'll just touch on this a little bit. Um, you got your license, and then COVID happened, and some other things happened, and then you just decided, you know what, I'd probably rather rather do this on my own, and then you know, got into the ownership per se. Yeah. Um, you know, I never wanted to own a top field team. That was not part of the game. Um, you know, you'll hear all the rumors and the horrific facts of, you know, monetary issues. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Right. But, uh, for me, we were just finishing up building our brand new showroom. A lot of things were falling into place. Um, my license was obtained, um, and the situation that I was in, uh, kind of forced us into buying one of the operations from Bob. So um, that's how that all unwinded. And the crew was uh, willing to participate moving forward. And I had to dig real deep into my savings to be able to, to pull that off. But, you know, if you got confidence in your, in your team like I had last weekend, obviously anything is possible. Absolutely, and you got some uh, you got some pretty cool guys on your team over there. You know, Matt Madden's a buddy of mine, and and Mr. McNichol, and, and all the, you got some you got a good team over there. So you assembled the right parts and pieces, that's for sure. So that's that's <laughs> super cool, and you know, I I hope to see you can your continued success, and maybe one day I can just ride on your coattails and you know, win a <laughs> round or two. <laughs> well, Josh, I you know. You're known at up until this past weekend, you're known as Mr. Two Time, right? You back to back U.S. Nationals champ. You're Mr. Two Time. Every time you come up, didn't matter what it was, a press release, an announcement, you're Mr. Two Time. And it's so funny how quickly that left you Sunday afternoon when that wind light came on at the end of the racetrack. You were no longer Mr. Two Time, you're Mr. First Time and placed your name in the record book. So that, that's got to make you as an individual, your family, the individuals that you've grouped together. I mean, Ron Douglas, I mean, I, I want to, I wanted to ask you from this standpoint, you probably didn't see, but we were watching sitting here on the couch, your wind light came on, your crew were, was losing their ever loving mind on the starting line. Ron <laughs> turned his back, and walked off it was like he just hit 
3-2 pitch, bottom of the ninth, game seven, World Series. He knocked it out of the park and walked off. And that floored me. I had I was sitting there going, where's he going? No interview? Does he know what he just did? I, I, I So can you tell me what was the conversation, the first conversation between you and Ron, not winner's circle or anything in nature, when, when all the hubbub was done, what was the first conversation? What was that conversation like between you and Ron to accomplish that? So when I when I got back to the pits, um, I got swarmed for about 30, <laughs> 45 minutes, you know, and I didn't get to see him. But when I finally got to see him, I looked at him. I said, dude, you're like Babe Ruth. I mean, he literally he was calling his shot every pass. And it was it was like dead on, you know, and I when you got a guy like that, like, I'm, I'm not kidding. You, you get in the car and you do your job, you know, whether I own it or not. You got to make that guy proud because he was just that good. Oh, that's so, it, I mean, <laughs> with all the speculations and and all the you know, I think he's one of the probably the most underestimated crew chief ever. And for him, I'm sure it was like dropping the microphone. You know, hell yeah, he, he dropped the <laughs> microphone. And he walked away. I mean, he did exactly what he said he was going to do, and. uh you know, we, we carry the same demeanor in a lot of in a lot of manners. You know, we don't we don't talk a lot. It's not about the, the fame and all that stuff. You know, it definitely isn't about the money. But I, I tried to I tried to do tried to do my job, and he damn sure did his job. So, no, you guys are totally definitely a powerhouse deal right there, and and uh, that's awesome. How many? How many races are you guys doing all of them now, or does it did that stick the <laughs> stick the needle in deeper, or are you just gonna stay with what you kind of? I think you had said you were gonna do a handful of them or, or something, right? Yeah, originally we were gonna do twelve races, um, but uh, given given the comp, you know, the confidence moving forward, um, I'll do whatever it takes so that Alan Reinhardt doesn't call me a part timer. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, okay. I like that. Wait a minute. Hold Very on. Very nice. So, see, again, okay, so, Alan, I know you don't listen on a regular basis, but, Alan, when somebody shows up to the first event and they're there, you can't label them a part-timer until they don't show up at the next event. Okay, Alan? You can't <laughs> label them a part-timer. That's how you label somebody when they show up. What, they showed up today on Monday? They don't show up again till Wednesday? Okay, they might be a part-time employee. But you can't call a part-time racer part-time until they don't show up the next time. Come on, Alan. I'm with you, Josh. Yeah, he, he hasn't called me a part-timer yet, but you know, if you don't run 22 races, I'm sure that'll get said sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it will. You know it will. Well, so do you have, and and I know Cam's gonna, Cam's gonna jump out, but I want to talk about the journey to get where you are, because I, I think that's probably what makes the story and the accomplishment that much rewarding. So I, I'm not gonna, we're, I don't want to try to cut skin and pull stitches and everything out, but I I, I think everybody needs to know what that's like for you to go through that with your family. Cause 2019, you had a plan, right? We got, when did you get your license in Vegas? No, um, 
I actually did not get my license in 2019. Uh, I tested in Gainesville, and um, then we ended up going to Atlanta, and we made three passes in Atlanta, but I smoked the tires at about 800 feet every pass. Okay. Um, so then we were getting set up to test in Vegas, and my daughter was born. So I That's left, what it was. I left Vegas, and um, long story short, I, I ended up flying out to Arizona in 2020. Where I made That's my right. final license passes. Right. The truck showed up in Gainesville and COVID happened. Right. Right. Well, COVID's going to happen for me right now because I, I, this is a this is an awesome interview. And, and Josh, thank you so much. But I do have to jump out. But I look forward to seeing you in Vegas, it sounds like. So I uh, I definitely can't wait to, to shake your hand or give you a COVID elbow bump or something to congratulate you on uh, on your awesome accomplishments and i look forward to racing with you for a very long time so um and yes i i'm with you i, I don't like the part-timer word either so <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh we'll have to tackle ellen together so um anyway i will uh i'll see i'll see you guys soon and uh you guys enjoy the rest of your conversation take care thanks cam yeah no worries see you. got so you got the license piece you're you're cranking along you've got a plan moving and then kind of all of a sudden somebody else had a different mindset about what they were going to do versus what you wanted to do. And I think that's where the train came off the tracks for a lot of people. And I want to know what it felt like inside to know that you and your wife, your family of supporters, your circle, and you, you've entrusted in this plan, right? I'm a military guy, so everything for military folks are about planning and execution. And so you formulated a plan that works for you, and you've entrusted someone to help you execute that plan, and then that just was like the helium out of the balloon. How, like, take me through a, a good... 48-hour whirlwind in your head with your family as you're trying to communicate and wrap your arms around the fact that your plan has just decided to come completely unraveled. Yes, I mean, I've never worked for anybody else. I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. I, I enjoy planning. Um, but one thing you know when you, when you work for yourself is you can't account for every variable. Um, you're exactly right. I... I definitely trusted a couple of people that I, I probably shouldn't have got so deep with. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I would say that in the first 48 hours, I probably felt everything that you want me to say. <laughs> uh, you know, the bottom line is uh, they showed up to Gainesville. The trucks were there. The car was there. And he didn't have a choice. Um, I... I could speculate and go into all the rumors and everything else, but bottom line is he did show up. The car was there to race. The team was there to race and COVID happened. So uh, we negotiated through all of that and I'm sure there was hard feelings on both sides throughout that process. Um, I definitely don't think that either one of us walked away from the table happy, uh, but uh, there was there was never any lawyers or anything like that involved. I mean, he he kept a great open line of communication, and um, 
we were able to get through it. So uh, that's all water under the bridge. And, and, you know, I believe in karma, too. You know, I, I did everything I said I was going to do. Um, and at the end of the day, I may not have liked the price and the way that the money was handled, but he, he did everything he said he was going to do. So um, now we move on. All right, I'm going to ask. Did you get a text message or a phone call from congratulations from me? I did. There you go. I, okay. And, and I'll, I'll be even more forthcoming with you. I, I text him back and I said it, it wouldn't be possible without him, you know, because. Um, it's not like you got junk. No. Well, you know, there, there's so many people that had an opinion, you know what I mean? And, and I'll, I'll be honest, I drank the Kool-Aid for a long time. I, I was, I was in the whirlwind and, and he kind of reeled me back in and said, look, you know, this is what's going on. Are we going to do it or are we not? You know, and, and, uh, we, we were able to navigate through it together. Uh, there's definitely no hard feelings anymore. You know, we, we just got to move on. Well, I know it's, it's always a huge thing, right? And you talk about, it doesn't matter. It's not just drag racing. It's NASCAR, it's IndyCar, it's F1, whatever the case is, right? Truck, Xfinity, any form of motorsports takes an absorbent amount of money. And you could even go down to the, the grassroots level of bracket racing with your buddy or a dirt track car, a wing sprint, whatever it is, it all takes money. And you put people together because you want to accomplish something right and and you feel like you can do it together and it's it's difficult when it doesn't go the way that everybody put the train on the track and sent it in motion it's difficult when the train starts losing cars halfway down the track and it and it makes it difficult for everybody involved oh so it's good that you can come away with the perspective that you have relationship um amicable if you will between parties and him be able to forthcome to you and congratulate you uh i mean that's huge there's a lot of people out there i know i just listened to an interview uh the other day about uh somebody not not being friends with joe gibbs and it's going on 30 years of of not just not being friends don't care for him don't want to have a relationship you know and it's like Man, that's holding a grudge, right? And and by all means, you could I don't think anybody would wrong you if five years from now you said you were still holding a grudge. In business, it it's still business, but there's emotion in it and trust and so forth. And and you you're not somebody that was just coming onto the scene to try something. You you had the backing and the program and the name successfully uh to be able to make an impact on the scene and you definitely proved it this past weekend yeah you know there there's also two sides to every story you know i don't i don't know what he was going through you know i don't know if he knew what i was going through you know if you just looked at the numbers all i can say is it didn't make sense you know but um again i i'm i'm glad that it worked out the way it is i i'm happy that you know the team was able to go right back to work without missing a beat. You know, obviously those guys are badasses. I mean, they, they literally did not miss a beat. That's where the real magic happened. But, um, you know, we, we, we were able now to have full control and, uh, we put the money in the right places and, you know, trucks and trailers and all that stuff is nice. But if you can put the money into the car, you're going to win. Oh, absolutely. We don't race haulers. That's, I mean, 
They've never, they've just never, I mean, did they, well, well, I don't know. I can't say that now. We can't say that in 2021 because weren't all all the winter circles photos were in front of the team haulers, weren't they? I, 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 so, all right. So maybe a hauler's never been in a winter circle photo. I can't say that anymore because the NHRA has proven me wrong on that one. But I mean, you're (laughs) absolutely right. So you kept everybody intact, everything housed in Florida with you under the roof? Uh, Currently, yes. So full t- is, is all the team live in Florida or are we all sporadically spread out and we're flying in to, uh, to do business? Yeah, right now everybody is flying in. Um, we've got some big plans in the works and uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes. You know, right now, uh, as Ron Douglas said, we're still in the honeymoon phase. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we definitely, we definitely like each other. We've got, we've got a lot of common interests, you know, clear down to like the music that we listen to, you know? So, um, it's a good relationship and I, I think it's only going to get better from here. All right. Well, let's talk about your marketing. You're, you're a pretty savvy guy with, with, with what you've got, what you've been doing and what you've gotten going on. What, what is this kind of fan the flames for you after this past weekend in Gainesville? Are we, has your marketing focus changed any? Are we going after going back to companies saying, Hey, remember you told me, no, this is what you missed out on this weekend. 1.2 million people watching, watching me turn on a wind light. I mean, are those conversations happening? I know it's only Thursday, but I mean, <laughs> um, on my way home tonight, John force left me a, a voicemail. <laughs> um, you know, Steve Torrance, uh, called and, you know, he was he was awesome to talk to. Um, so I know I've made a lot of connections so far, but as far as the the sheer marketing and and sponsorship end, uh, I'm proud to say that I'm super super loyal. You know, Advance has been good to me. Um, HLC Trucking, OWV Excavating, those guys have been with me for like eight or nine years. So, uh, you know, the the paycheck sounds really good. But the truth is, I don't think I would delete any of those guys, even if they were paying less. Probably the worst sales pitch of all time, I know, but uh, <laughs> that's that's the truth. I mean, they 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 rode the wave through me, you know. Even COVID, you know, Advanced Auto Parts continued to pay the bill. So um, that's that's where I'm at. Oh well, without a doubt, as me being a military guy, I can totally the loyalty. I, I'm with you. I know how that boat goes. Got no problem. I'll row it with you for sure. And I mean, and to caveat that, I don't think I've ever heard a bad, bad word spoken about Matt Davis at Advance and his team. So uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty committed uh, along those lines as well. So you definitely have not done not done them any disservice in your level of success that you've went through. I mean, let's again, you were Mister Two Time until Sunday, and now you're Mister First Time. So. Um, I know this is kind of hard to ask and probably well, not hard for me to ask, but probably hard for you to answer. Now you, you started with a plan. You've already mentioned to, to Cam and I that you're going to run some more beyond that. If you were sticking to your original plan, you were going to do 12 this year. What was, what was the plan for, for 2022? I, I mean, I know you didn't just get into top fuel to run 12 races and say, okay, at the end of the year, I'm going to go buy a boat. You you had to have some sort of of three year or five year plan in there. What what was kind of the the thought process that you and in your family circle had? Uh, my my plan was 
you know, I probably still have a solid seven, eight years left in me uh, before I don't know that my body could take it anymore. Um, and uh, we were going to build this thing up and try to try to really get a program going where we could help other racers. Um, a lot of people don't know it, but up until this point, I've donated almost every dime of my contingency money to other racers, uh, whether it be a fuel, super street, super gas, top dragster, uh, you'll find Bernie's stickers on, you know, even pro mod cars. So, uh, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really have a, a solid plan other than we're going after a championship soon. You know, I, once the team is gelled together and obviously that happened a lot faster than I thought it would, <laughs> uh, we're going to turn up the heat and go for it. Nice. Nice. Well, no, and I, we have seen, I know, uh, I know, uh, Miss Iaconio that, uh, you're over there on her super street truck and, and your, your, your logo shows up, uh, definitely <laughs> around, around the pits in the sportsman ranks. And, and that's awesome that you do that. And I will say that Cam and I have talked numerous times that we don't have, we don't have a farm system in place in drag racing, uh, to be able to promote and educate and move people on, if you will, or help grow them within organizations. It would be nice uh, if people could come together and we have some sort of driver development program like Toyota and like Ford and like Chevy has on the NASCAR, their dirt track side, and bringing drivers up through uh, and progressing them because I feel like it's something that's going to continue to impact our sport. Uh, how we go about doing that in the execution phase of it. That's something that's going to always be a challenge for whomever it is that decides to tackle uh, trying to put that program together. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get funding to run a top dragster even, you know, so uh, as much help as I can be, I'll be, you know. So does that mean we got a second top fueler in the Josh Hart racing future or no? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I, I have been talking to Sean Reed. Um, you know, Sean is one to get involved in some capacity and, you know, he's been super patient with me cause I've never done it before, obviously. So, uh, we started talking over this last weekend and he threw out some ideas. So yes, we're definitely kicking it around. Oh, first time to two car team overnight. Just sprinkle <laughs> water, right? Just add some water and some dollars and we, we got it. That's what it is. Oh, that is it. Josh, when you kicked off and came up the ranks, was there any point that you said, okay, this is probably where I want to stop at? I don't, this is, it doesn't make much more sense for me to progress past this point. This is, this is okay. Or if I'm going to go past this point, I got to go all the way. How many of those conversations in 10 years did you have? Um, I would say zero. I, I just kept trucking. You know, my wife says that to me all the time. She's, you know, when's enough enough. And I said, I, I never really stopped to count it all. I just kept going, you know? Um, so as far as the racing goes, I, I wasn't having a whole lot of fun anymore in the alcohol car. Um, we were operating that thing at a top fuel level and I didn't feel like I was doing as well as I could have, you know, for whatever reason. 
top fuel was the natural step. And uh, I had a lot of fun last weekend. The, the camaraderie of the guys, all that kind of stuff, just kind of put things back into perspective for me. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question or not, but I'm just going to keep on going. Okay. No, that, we all kind of have this, you know, idea where I'm like getting, I'm old, right? So it's not that big a deal. 23 years beating on my body in the military. I'm, I'm beat up. Uh, so at some point I realized, okay, I, I gotta, I gotta stop. But for others that are grinding away and so forth, everybody kind of has different dynamics as Cam and you were talking about, you have a life outside of racing. And so there's other family dynamics that are always pulling on you that sometimes that's what causes you to have to stop or take a step back or pause uh, because you need those opportunities to keep your family life going. Um, so that's interesting that you didn't have any of that going on in your mind over the course of the last 10 years. Cause I mean, you're running super comp top dragster, go to a fuel and you're like, Psh, man, the bill expenses just quadrupled from running top dragster to going to a fuel. Wonder what it's going to do when I go to top fuel. Okay. This is probably where I want to put the brakes on this deal. There's way too many commas and zeros here. What are we doing wrong? <laughs> no, I, I have a super, super support system. I'll tell you what I, my, my wife and I, we've been together, I think she was 17 and I was 19, so we're going on like 17 years together, and uh, she's never told me no. I mean, she just, uh, she's just awesome. She supports everything that we've done. She's rode the roller coaster to the top with me. Um, that's what the foundation is. So, And then uh, we have a one-year-old daughter now, you know, and that, that kind of changed things quickly, uh, but you know, now there's just a, another boss in town, you know, so, <laughs> uh, but you know, she was, she was at the race over the weekend and, uh, I'd say the only thing I did wrong was I didn't have enough space for hospitality. So <laughs> I, we saw the photos. She looked like she was having a ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, well, I want to, I'm not going to hold you up cause I, I know you've been, been grinding away at it here. I want to ask you a couple qu couple questions as you leave leave the show. Uh, before I ask those, one thing you want to give your shout outs. Who is it that without if you forgot them on Sunday during the post race, uh, and you left their names out of the celebration piece of it, and you got to give shout outs right now. Have at it, man! It's your time. Um, I would say that the mission wouldn't be possible, obviously, without Ron Douglas and the team. Um, that's where all the magic happens. Uh, TechNet, you know, all, all the people at Advance that have supported me over the last couple of years have been amazing. Um, HLC Trucking, OWV Excavating, those guys have been with me for almost 10 years. Uh, crazy, crazy relationship. And, and they've, again, never told me no. They've been very supportive. Dennis and Suzanne Hendershot, they're like my adopted parents. Amazing people you know, and, uh, obviously my wife and my baby. So the list is short and sweet, but definitely genuine. All right. Two questions that every guest on our show has to answer before they leave. You get to send one Christmas card to anybody alive or dead in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Wow. That's a good question. Um, 
I would I would probably send a Christmas card to uh, I would say Steve Torrance. Ah, okay. All right. That would be that would be Steve's first time getting a Christmas card on our show. <laughs> Definitely. We will add, we will add a check mark beside his name. All right. Last question. Got to go out on a high note. You got to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Mm. WTF card. Um I don't know, man. I mean, everybody has been super good to me. And if I, and if I had a problem, they, they helped me squash it face to face. So, um, maybe one of the, uh, one of the safety safari in, uh, in Charlotte, I just won Indianapolis, um, back to back. So I was like on cloud nine. It was my birthday. We were at ZMAX and we could not get down the racetrack to save my life. Uh, and I ended up pedaling the car like six times in the last qualifier. We did not qualify, so I went hero to zero. And he chewed my ass at the other end of the racetrack for uh, pedaling the car. So, <laughs> uh, ah, that's yeah. I was at the event. I remember watching you. Yes, indeed. And wow, the safety safari guy gets the WTF. That is the first for the safety safari guys getting a WTF card on racers and rental cars podcast. So uh, we will add their name. And uh, for all you NHRA safety safari guys that listen, as you travel across the country, you got your first WTF from Mr. Josh Hart. So there you go. Well, Josh, I, again, I appreciate you coming on. Your story is very unique uh, for sportsmen racers uh, for you to, to climb the ladder. Uh, not only on, not only on the racetrack, but in business and being able to, to truly consider yourself self-made at that point, uh, and, and totally relevant when that wind light came on, on Sunday, it was no first round. Oh, that might've been a fluke. Second round, eh, third round. Hey, fourth round. Holy crap. You, you solidified yourself and for anybody, um, to think that you didn't Ron Douglas, uh, I, again, I totally would have wanted to be on the starting line as he walked off from, I mean, turned his back and walked off, uh, at why your crew was celebrating. That was huge. I, at some point I'm going to reach out, get him on the show because, uh, there, I just, man. That was huge. It definitely was a walk-off moment. Cam and I were both genuinely excited for you and your family and your team. We we totally said that we believe you're going to win at least at least three more this year. It's not no pressure. Okay, yeah. so Ron, when when you listen to the show, no pressure to you either, Ron. Uh, we just I, I'm with you. I feel like your 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 team performed. There was no you performed. Solid up front. I, I'm doing your job, which definitely makes the tuner's job that much easier. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're excited for you. We like it when sportsman guys end up in the pro level and, and they do good things, especially when they get there the hard way. So, uh, congratulations. We wish you all the best. And uh, we'll be uh, – well, Cam will be there, but I'll be looking forward to watching you in Vegas in a few short weeks. 
I appreciate that. And to all you safety safari guys, I, I do appreciate you very much. I, I deserve what I got at the end of the racetrack. Uh, but uh, anyway, I appreciate <laughs> safety safari very They know we appreciate them. They got to get their anger out sometime. I, I tell Bill all the time, <laughs> you can look, I mean, I'm with you, right? My first pass two years ago at Charlotte on my car, obviously we thrashed to get ourselves there. Everything going on with my wife with her cancer battle and so forth. Literally the first time the car ever went to the starting line was in Q1 and it pumped out like two quarts of oil going down the racetrack through the overflow tank from the supercharger. And I remember getting at the end of the racetrack and telling Jeff Conley and Bill and all of them that I was so sorry. I apologized there. I just, I would felt horrible, right? I do feel horrible for them because they're out there working, right? But I looked at him at the end and said, you do realize that was for my wife, right? I mean, I get it that you're out there working, but we're not even supposed to be here physically, let alone with a race car. So just, you know, you got to give and take, man. Give and take. Come on, work with me here. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Josh, have a good evening. Good luck to you. Enjoy your, I mean, you got a long break here that you get to enjoy just being the champ because we got no Pomona. You, you get a, you get a long time to, to savor that PR, ride that media buzz. No longer two timer. You're Mr. First timer Gator Nationals champ 2021. Thank you. Take care, sir. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week. Put it on.